Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Sessions Scrambles Senate Race. Also, the V-Team takes a look at Alabama's poor children. And Governor Ivey points to bipartisanship. Bipartisan to me. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and democratic strategist, Susan Britt, just my favorite person what in the world. What can you say about <laughs> Susan, right? <laughs> Good call. And Constable Jonathan Barbie, a GOP stalwart and a police officer keeping the County of Jefferson He's a County constable, safe, Bill. Right? Don't give him too much credit. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> we can do a risk. He does have a Lo law enforcement. <laughs> Jonathan does a great job, and you know we don't give enough credit to our constables throughout the state. We don't. We really don't. Thank you. I know what y'all do over in Jefferson County, and it's a great, great work y'all do. Thank you. Uh, and Jonathan's even taking it up a notch over yes, the way he, he runs that well, office over there. We're really proud you know, of him. Jonathan is of the old school. If do it right, do it big, and give it class. <laughs> thank so, you. Uh, thank do you. it half an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do it half an hour late. I've got, you know, little sisters got to always come in. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I tell people, you know, you get, you get pick, pick uh, two of three. You don't get all three. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, uh, or past week, uh, Governor Kay Ivey came out, and as many Republicans are doing right now, Beth, she condemned the impeachment inquiry in D.C. That's of sort did. of standard fare for Republicans right now across the board. Uh, but she also did a sort of what I call an Ivy twist. And she said that, that, that the United States Congress should take a page out of Alabama's book. She said our achievements and accomplishments uh, are through strong bipartisan efforts, and we're seeing great progress through that. Now, if it was anybody but Kay Ivey, we would just burst out into big guffaws and laughter. Because to think that anything in Alabama happens on a bipartisan basis is almost foolish. Right. But Governor Kay Ivey's biggest accomplishment to date is the passage of the fuel tax. That is building roads and bridges that have been dilapidated for 30 years. And the port. What's that? And, and the, the port. port. And, and so that was a big bipartisan effort, but it also mm -hmm. was business, civic leaders. She was able to get a big coalition together. So it's not as laughable in that sense, right? Right. And there are a lot of other ideas that the Democrats have been talking about for years that Kay Ivey is not just completely shut the door on. And I think having somebody to say, OK, let's listen. Let's see what it is that we can pull that's a good idea here. You know, I say neither side has a monopoly on being right all the time. 
And so if we have a leader in the governor's mansion who can listen to the Democrats and say, okay, we see what you're saying. Let's listen to the Republicans and now let's find some common ground. You know, Jonathan, I can tell you, there's more times that we agree than disagree mm -hmm. if we sit down and really break it down into its individual parts. That's true. I think where the problem, Susan, at least for the folks we talk to, is not in the governor's office, mm -hmm. but it's when you get over in the state house. Exactly. Mm -hmm. These guys, that there's just a coalition that only wants it one way. Right. And to them, compromise is a dirty word. And it's not to Kay Ivey. Kay Ivey wants to listen to both sides. She wants to be, she's very, very practical. Okay, let's just get that out there. I mean, she's really practical. And sometimes practicality comes with common sense. You don't find that a lot in the state house. But uh, you know what I say, the, common sense is a superpower these is, days. It is, it is. But the fact is, she wants this to be bipartisan, but they, she can only be as bipartisan as the legislature will let her. That's right. right. Well, she's got some big, big ideas, Jonathan, coming up down the road, and that is one, she's going to have to tackle prisons. She's going to have to tackle, really more importantly, uh, criminal justice reform mm -hmm. and education. But if we don't get criminal justice reform done, we can build all the prisons in the world and nothing's ever going to change. Well, th that's right. If, if we don't get the reform under order, then our prisons will continue to stay overcrowded. It doesn't matter how big mm -hmm. we build those. That's not a Republican or Democrat problem. That, that's a human rights problem. You know, and some of the conditions in some of these prisons you go to are, and y'all visited several of them, you know, and that's something where she is going to have to get both parties to work and come together. But, you know, I go back to this and trying to get partisan efforts. You know, th that's what our country was founded on is, you know, not everybody gets what they want. But that's what usually ends up in a good compromise. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's where I, I guess you could say in some of these states and some of these areas that have term limits, you get you get more done between the two parties in that last four years when they can't run again than you do anywhere else. Half the stuff that's done in Montgomery is just because they're worried about getting reelected yeah. again. You're absolutely that's right. You know? right. That's right. One of the things, Susan, I, I suggested, and I think, you know, I'm not the first person to, to say this, is that one of the things that would help in the state house really help is if Republicans would turn off Fox News, Democrats yep. would turn off MSNBC, and we focus on what's happening in Alabama. You're absolutely right. And that goes to the partisan uh, stalwarts we've got here. They go get cranked up listening to Fox News. They go get cranked up listening to NBC about national issues. And then they take those same passions into the state house where it really doesn't belong. Right. Because right. They're, they're, they're taking all of this from external stuff that's happening in the national news and trying to, to, to and, and Kay Ivey also says, you know, if we've got an Alabama problem, we need an Alabama solution. Well, if you're gonna try to work in the state house, it has to be under what's happening in the state, not what happened in the national news. That's right. And Jonathan, you, you, know, you know that this is true both on both the right and the left. We get focused in on these media outlets and know everything about national, know nothing about what's happening. You know, media in this country has really taken a turn for the worse on all sides. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's become more of a ratings. I call them ratings mongers. Yeah. You know, how can we inflame and anger people so they'll continue to watch? Fox News does it with some of their shows. Uh, CNN does it. In my opinion, CNN does it a lot. I mean, so does MSNBC. You know, there, there was a time where we reported the news, and then you had you had your time for your opinions, mm -hmm. which, you know, you tuned in to hear that's what it is, an opinion show. Okay. And if, if we keep just following what's going on nationally, you know, people will slide things through in our state, and we won't even know what's coming. They're doing it already. They, yeah. These guys down here actually want 
voters mm -hmm. to be focused on the national stuff so they're not paying attention down here. That's why we came to Montgomery. Beth, we got about 30 seconds. What do you think? No, I think Jonathan hit the nail on the head talking about term limits and, you know, people just want to do what they need to do to get reelected. You get this red meat for the base and that gets both sides mad and that breaks down any bipartisan relationship that's going on. But we've got to stop calling each other names. We've got to stop just regurgitating the talking points we're getting from the news and start thinking critically at home and, you know, in D.C. Well, uh, a satirist and, and uh, novelist, Christopher uh, Buckley, said necessity is the mother of bipartisanship. Yeah, We've got a lot of necessities. Oh, yeah. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Coming up next, what's up with Jeff Sessions? Hey, I'm Jamie Johnson. When we reach the age of 18, voting becomes our civic duty. But what if it was our job? We wouldn't be so quick to call in sick or go back home if the lines were too long or just dismiss the idea altogether. Elections are also how we collectively write the song that tells our story, and voting is our solitary voice. So register to vote and go get your government-issued photo ID and add your voice to the song of Alabama. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. of Alabama politics. Susan, the mere rumors of Jeff Sessions re-entering re the race to claim his old Senate seat mm -hmm. has sent the state and national politicians running to every source they can find to find out what's really going on. We can report that he spoke with at least Tommy Tuberville and Bradley Byrne mm -hmm. last week or week before last informed them that he was strongly leaning towards running. And that's what we understand today. He's strongly leaning towards running for his old 
Senate seat here in Alabama. Yeah, these rumors have been going on for quite some time now, <coughs> several months. Uh, uh, early on, there were some calls that came out of D.C. to Jeff Sessions, we understand, which said he said that he was absolutely not interested whatsoever right. in running again. Uh, same as the climate has <coughs> changed in the last few weeks. I think there's been some polls out there. Uh, we do know now that his wife initially had been against him running again. Right. Apparently, she's changed her mind now in that she wants him to try to finish out his legacy or recapture his legacy. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, he's, it's, he's the only one that knows right now. I mean, Jonathan, uh, you know, you've got Bradley Byrne, Tommy Tuberville, uh, uh, John Merrill, uh, a host of other folks that are running for the Senate. And all of a sudden, this could upend the whole race. Roy Moore's in. Now, Tuberville says he's not going anywhere. Byrne says he's not going anywhere. Moore says he's not going anywhere. We haven't heard from John Merrill yet. Uh, again, Merrill's younger. He can keep his powder dry if Jeff Sessions gets in. What are you hearing out there? Um, I've, I'm hearing a lot of the same what y'all are hearing, that, that he's been mulling it back and forth. Um, there, There's a, a more than half of the group of Republicans that I know, just based on going to some of the Republican luncheons, going to the convention this summer, who are not a fan of Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions anymore after things with Trump. You know, and I understand Sessions did what he had to do as an attorney. You know, there are certain, you do have to recuse yourself. I do feel as a Republican that there was some other things that he could have done with some other investigations that needed to be done that had nothing to do with Trump that he didn't do. But that's my personal opinion. But a lot of Republicans feel that way. I think him getting in the race, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's going to throw a wrench in everything, honestly. But I think people are scared of, of Doug Jones enough to where they, they might feel like Jeff Sessions is a safe option. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that make you feel good, Beth? They're actually afraid of Doug Jones? I mean, this, how's that? It does. I'm proud of him. Well, and I think there's a lot to be scared of. I mean, he's done a great job. I think he's raising the money. He's running the race. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And I think that's the thing that I, I think Senator Sessions needs to keep in mind here is this is not going to be the same race he's been running for the past 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Because he used, the way that he's always run is he raises a bunch of money from Washington, and he sits back, <coughs> hides behind his war chest, and he runs it on air. Doug's going to be running a ground game. Doug's going to be running it on air, water, field, everywhere he, that he can run. running it. Right. And so <coughs> I think that that's going to change the way this race is run, and it's going to take somebody with that tenacity to get out there and beat the pavement to yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, and, and the primary is, I mean, the Republican primary is, what, four months away? Four months away. Mm -hmm. Four months away. But we, we expect him to announce, I mean, the qualifying date is... Next week, which is the, or, or yeah, this, this coming week is the 8th. Really? So he only has a few more days to get in. One of the things that has become an issue to me uh, that I find most disturbing is, uh, and we've written about this before, some 300,000 children in Alabama, Beth, live in poverty. <clears throat> Many of the state's children have what's known as food insecurity which is different than hunger, but it basically means they're going to bed hungry, they're getting up They don't know where their next meal's coming from. Don't, they don't have the financial resources to know. Mm -hmm. and, and now we find that nearly a third or over a third of children in some of our poorest counties, they live like this every day. I mean, is this really the kind of Alabama we want to live in? Yeah, it's not. It's not the kind I want to live in. I mean, I was in line behind somebody at the grocery store the other day trying to buy 
two boxes of cereal because WIC will limit the amount of foods you can buy of what category. And the big boxes were on sale, so they were cheaper than the small boxes. But she couldn't get the big boxes because it was over her ounce number for cereal. And it's just, it's insane that we're, we're trying to provide resources to people, but then the government puts all these strings on it that makes it where even when we are trying to help, we're not doing good for people. And I just, you know, I don't know how this is a political issue. This is a moral issue to me. And a lot of people will say, well, they have, you know, free school lunches. They have free school breakfasts. But you forget that there's three meals a day. Mm -hmm. So you've got children that may, if they get, as you brought up in pre-show, if they get there in time to get breakfast, they may get that meal. Okay, they get lunch. But by the time they go home with food insecurity, they have no dinner. And they certainly don't have any food over the weekend. I mean, that's, you know, and remember these are any food. These are growing children that need those calories to fuel growth. And so uh -huh. where you and I can miss lunch and not be happy about it, but keep going, children need that energy mm -hmm. to make their bodies healthy. Well, I guess what concerns me is there is a push to cut the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Program, which we commonly call food stamps. But again, and the problem is, is people say they're cheaters. They're, che they're people cheating. You know, and as a taxpayer and as a human being, it's sort of, uh, in my mind, Jonathan, it's like, I don't, I'll suffer enough some cheaters to make sure that the kids get fed. Mm -hmm. Is that too weird? That's not too weird. You know, we have forgotten that there are a few bad apples in every bunch and mm -hmm. everything that we do in this world. And the easy way out, um, and I, there's a lot of examples, uh, is to uh, just do away with it. Let's yeah. just do away with it. Well, uh, you know, school, elected school board, you know, do away with it. Constables, just do away with it. You know, uh, I can name a dozen things that are just like, let's do away with it, you know, because we got one bad apple who's happened. And when you, you know, you, you might have some people that, that take advantage of the system, but for every one, you've got a hundred who need to eat. And it's sad that in 2019, we have over 300,000 children in the state who are struggling to yeah. eat. That is so sad to me. Yeah. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Democrat or Republican. It's unacceptable is yeah. what it is. It's well, absolutely uh, unacceptable. Uh, These children are not the cheaters. If there are cheaters in the bunch, they just need food. Somebody said the other day to me, they said, well, is this what Jesus meant by suffer the little children? And I said, no, suffer in that sense was bring them to me, allow the That's little right. children. Jesus didn't want the little children to suffer. Absolutely. But some of our politicians don't care. All right, we're gonna leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Coming up next, Steve Flowers has a take on the Porch Creek Indians. Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. 
Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Hello, I'm William Wyatt Bibb, the first governor of Alabama. On December 14, 1819, Alabama became the 22nd state to enter the Union. This year, we celebrate 200 years of statehood. There is no better way to commemorate our 200th anniversary than by registering to vote and securing your government-issued photo ID. Together, let's make a difference for Alabama. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. This week, uh, Steve Flowers, uh, syndicated columnist in Alabama in around 300 newspapers, uh, wrote a column in which he talked about the advantages that the Porch Creek Band of Indians have mm -hmm. and what he characterized in somewhat as unfair advantages. Now. No one's accusing Ports Creek of doing anything illegal, but their gaming operations, they basically have a monopoly over gaming in the state through federal statute. And they have made billions, and they have spent billions out of state. In Pennsylvania, they pay 16% interest on a, their casino operations, just a casino. Mm -hmm. And here, they pay nothing. Not that that's illegal. It's just there are people that think that's unfair that they do not pay any taxes in Alabama on their gaming operations, Beth. And that's what Steve was pointing out once again. Right. I mean, and you can get into the whole, like, well, you know, whose land was it originally? And they have the right, yeah, whatever. But what I'm saying is I'm looking at this in terms of the political power that this gives them to have basically unfettered access to our elected officials because our elected officials aren't saying no to their contributions. And, you know, I was sitting down with Josh Moon earlier last week and we were talking about well, who's got deep enough pockets to be doing this thing that we're talking about? I'm like, well, it's got to be Porch Creek. They're the only they're the only game in town anymore. No pun intended. When you're talking about political spending, so that's where we've really got to reel this in. And we've got to reel in Porch Creek. We've got to reel in, you know, our elected officials. Well, Jonathan, there was a time when Republicans would not take gambling money from 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 the Indians or from anyone, and there was a time when there was an AEA that ran things, and mm -hmm. Republicans hated that. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time when there was a BCA that was trying to run everything, and mm -hmm. everybody hated that. Mm -hmm. Now we have the Porch Creek Indians, and you know what they keep saying? Oh, well, they're such good neighbors. Look, but I don't want my neighbor controlling everything that happens in my life. Uh -huh. And they have that power. I'm not saying they're using but they own a lot of Republicans. They are bought and paid for. They do. When I when I worked at the party for a short time as the interim press secretary, uh, Bill Armstead, the chairman, uh, he would he would call up stairs and say, "Hey, uh, we need to check the filings on this candidate." And I mean, he he would call you into the building or make a phone call with you to ask why you took money from the Porch Creek or if is is this pack associated with the Porch Creek? You know, we just didn't take gambling money. That was the, that was the stand of the Republicans. And now all of a sudden, hey, uh, we'll take all your money. It doesn't matter who you are. And I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. But like, you know, we used to have, I guess, some rules Values. in place. And they're... they're, they're <laughs> and the thing is, I don't have real... <clears throat> I, I do have a problem with how much money they give them. But I, I don't have a problem that they give them money in order to maintain their status. 
What I do have a problem with is them actively killing other legislation in the state regarding lotteries that have to do with where the citizens of Alabama can actually collect tax dollars to solve some of our problems like our children that are uh, underfed or you know other things that need to be done. That's where I've got a problem, when they're using that money to actively block progress in other areas of Alabama. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mississippi is starting a lottery, uh, I think, this month, you know, and we, we are literally now the last state in the South well, without some type and, of lottery. And this is going to go back to a KIV solution mm -hmm. where she says we need an Alabama solution for Alabama problem. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that the Porsche Creek want to have a monopoly on gaming, mm -hmm. and that's not fair. That's not an Alabama solution. Mm -hmm. An Alabama solution says that everyone should have an opportunity to prosper in a certain field. Now, we have rules and regulations on that, right, Beth? Right. But again, an Alabama solution has to say, okay, how do we address the tracks that already exist? How do we stop wasting hundreds and hundreds of, well, millions of dollars on these gaming wars, mm -hmm. tens of millions of dollars on these gaming wars, and finally come up with a solution that benefits the state of Alabama and not just the Porch Band of Creek Indians? Right. I mean, when we had Victory Land and Green Track and these other areas up and running, were they not able to pay their bills? I mean, because I believe that even at that time, they were still doing pretty good they were. financially. And, and paying hundreds of millions in taxes. Yeah, and back right. to some of these counties that we named earlier where the food insecurity is. Right. Around Green Track. Right, and around Macon, land. too. And around Macon, yeah. Uh, one of the things that is like the Birmingham Racetrack, you know, they, they have paid hundred million in taxes. And that's a small operation compared to what uh, the Indians have. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. Now, even if we get a compact with the Indians, they're going to pay a tiny, tiny uh, fraction of, of a percentage, you know, maybe a couple percent. Mm -hmm. At least they'd be paying something. Yeah. <clears throat> but again, uh, Alabama solution is a fair solution. I mean, the Porch Creek owned basically one of the, the Senate chair, that, that the finance chair who killed, own. that killed the lottery bill that would have solved all these problems. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can't have that. And that's, again, where we need Kay Ivey to come forward and say, hey, here's a bipartisan solution. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I'm afraid we don't get there. I don't want to get into the ideological, ideological Speaking of bipartisan talk about <laughs> abortion. <clears throat> because it is such a divisive thing. But what we can say, Susan, is that as Republicans predicted, their bill that's probably the strictest anti-abortion bill in the country was blocked uh, in federal court here. Now it goes on to the 11th Circuit, I believe, mm -hmm. and they're hoping it goes to the Supreme Court. Right? That's absolutely right. That's what you know, they, they had hoped this would happen so they could continue to appeal it. Uh, I think they've gotten exactly what they were looking for here. I mean, Jonathan, the thing is, is that uh, the Republicans overwhelmingly voted for this. It was not a bipartisan bill. But the idea is to establish they want the Supreme Court to recognize that once the egg is fertilized and is implanted, in the float, in the uh, into the uterus. uterus, it is a person. That is the idea of this bill, and that that person has rights. That is, and I think they knew going into it that it was going to be, you know, a judge was going to try to overturn it, um, but they want it to go to the Supreme Court. You know, bottom line, what they're trying to do is make a stand and say, hey, this is how we feel in this state, and uh, this is what we want, and you know, and that's, I mean, they knew it was coming.
Yeah, meanwhile, we are. meanwhile, we're spending like legal fees, millions of dollars again. We spend these same legal fees every year. I mean, maybe if I were the attorney on one of these things, I wouldn't be mad about it. But I'm looking at it like we have 300,000 children going hungry in our state. We have education that needs funding. We have roads and bridges that need funding. And we're paying a bunch of lawyers to argue over well-settled law. And we're going to have law and gun law and all, all right. that, too. We're going to have to let that be the last word. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.